This is the Collaboration Dynamics Podcast, helping you work together better with Judy Reese, X-ray listener, best-selling author, international virtual collaboration trainer, and master of metaphor. Hear more at xraylistening.com. Hello and welcome to Collaboration Dynamics. I'm Judy Reese, and in today's podcast, I want to share an interview with a very interesting guy, Andy Austin. Andy's been a friend of mine for years, and he's a fairly big noise in the world of hypnosis and personal development. He's well known because he's done a number of really successful collaborations with some very big names in our shared world. So I wanted to ask him all about it. And as is the way with Andy, um, he started before we officially started. So let me roll the interview from the point when I asked him what he would like to have happen. Um, I don't know. I'm a bit, I think I'm a bit of a, um, an oddball in this this kind of thing. I tell you why, because I'm generally not outcome driven. Mm. Um, I tend to just do things for more to see what happens as opposed to trying to engineer an outcome. Um, and I found personally, my life is a lot more relaxed as a result of doing that. Um, it depends on what it is, of course. If I'm, if I'm going to visit somebody, then I have an outcome of getting there. Mm-hmm. But if I try and orchestrate what the experience is going to be, um, then it can get quite stressful. This I'm, is true. I'm, reminded, I'm reminded of some Christmases I've experienced around various people's houses where they're desperately trying to make Christmas happen. And as far as everyone else is concerned, they've had a lovely time, but the person who's making it happen goes out into the other room and breaks down in tears periodically because they're so stressed by the whole thing and is everyone having a nice time? So um, so to answer the question, what do I want out of this? I don't know. I, I can absolutely relate to that. I, I'm not a big outcome myself. I, yesterday I was talking to someone who... Um, had his big vision all mapped out for 15 years from now. He was going to be standing on this stage doing this, this, this with these other people doing this other thing. And I was just thinking, blimey, I wonder how he does that. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. I, th- I do wonder how successful um, it is when people have their, their, their life map. Um, for, I used to, I've got a, an example from somebody I used to work with at the hospital. From a guy's point of view, this girl was the catch. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was a PhD um, graduate. She was a research assistant, worked in a very high-tech area of, of medicine, um, was extremely good-looking, very good social skills, was just the perfect, the perfect person for most, most guys, had always been single, had never had a boyfriend. Um, and I, I was in the office having a conversation with her about this because everyone knew her perpetual sort of being single. And she would only date somebody who was interested in marrying her. <laughs> and I said, well, don't you think you've got maybe you've got this around the wrong way? Um, you need to find out. Nope. She was adamant, absolutely adamant, that she would only ever date somebody who would marry her. Which, and she couldn't see it because she had the outcome so focused. She had missed everything else in between. And the fact that the outcome may be slightly different when it's measured against reality. Mm. So I do wonder about these things myself. I want to know what happened next. I mean, did <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I also, I mean, I left the department a while later, and as far as I don't think it would be any different now. So, um, I'm torn. Part of me wants to say, Andy, introduce yourself because uh, nobody knows who you are yet, 
And part of me yeah, wants to yeah. ask you about the impact on collabor your collaboration of not being so out outcome focused. So let's do the introduction piece first. Okay, I'm Andy Austin. Um, I was a nurse in my former life, um, as that's what most people know me for working in neurosurgery. Uh, that was my, the thing that obviously I tell people because it sounds great. Um, but I did lots of other areas when I was a nurse. Um, I started out in this kind of area within hypnotherapy and then in NLP, and then I started looking at my own stuff. Um, I do a lot of stuff around the eye movement work, a lot of neurology-based stuff, and of course my more recent developments in metaphors of movement. Um, so I live on the south coast of England, right by the sea, in a little tiny flat, which you can see is in a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, well, as this is going to be audio only in the end, so uh, nobody can see just how messy your flat is. Oh, in that case, it's not at all messy. It's only this little bit behind the camera that's messy. Nothing else is. Um, and that's about me, really. That's me. Um, we've got lots of animals here um, in our little tiny flats. So we're the eccentric couple that live in a retirement flat in a retirement complex. Um, and I live at the back of J.M. Barry's house, who wrote Peter Pan, the only claim to fame that Rustington appears to have. Blimey. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> And I would love, I'd love to be able to tell people um, that Peter Pan was my favourite childhood story, but it wasn't. I, 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 I hated it. I, I've never really been a fan of that. So tell me, what do you like as a collaborator? Now, that all depends on the context. Um, not a team player would be a thing that would be on my CV. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work so well with others. But actually, I, I know as a collaborator, I'm pretty good. Um, my, the way I like to do things is I do my stuff. Other people do their stuff and we don't really tell each other how to do the stuff and we just see what comes up. Mm -hmm. um, the, some of the collaborations I've done, say with my colleagues, Nick Kemp, um, Lucas Dirks, um, Stephen Connie Ray Andreas and various other people. Essentially before, when we've done presentations and done, done training, training things, we've never really discussed that much ahead of time what the other is doing. Mm -hmm. We literally just turn up and do our stuff and then work with what happens as we go, um, which makes for a very relaxed experience, both for myself and I hope for other people. But I know for the participants, it, because there's a lot more spontaneity, that the, the creativity is much, much better. Um, I'm not really one that when there's a direct fixed outcome that must be achieved, um, which I've experienced in, say, corporate trainings, that's not really my sort of thing mm. where we're hiring somebody specifically to come along and present with these people to create this outcome very specific because that's the corporate need. Mm. I understand the need for that, but that's not really my area. Mm. So that more free form kind of collaboration where you turn up and do your stuff and they turn up and do their stuff for you, that's like what? Oh, Lordy. Um, what's that like? I don't know. I'm going to think about one. Um, the image that's coming up for me actually, which is surprising to me, is we're all on our own boat, um, moving around a sea area, there's islands around and we're all moving around in this area doing our own thing, mm -hmm. uh, being respectful of each other's um, ship or boat. Mm -hmm. So you're all moving around the same sea area, being respectful of each other's sea or uh, each other's boat? Yes. Is there anything else about that? Well, the, the most important thing is not to collide mm -hmm. and also to be respectful of each other's space and where they're going with it 
and to obviously not get in the way, but also not to go too far away at the same time. So basically that a, a kind of motion collectively starts to emerge. Mm-hmm. Like a dance, but it, not really a dance because it's ships going around, but there's almost <laughs> like, a, like a formation, a, a formation movement that starts to emerge. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of formation that starts to emerge. It's not one that's planned in advance. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else about how it starts to emerge? It emerges by everyone doing their own thing with the mutual respect for what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's an, it's an, an, an anarchy, anarchic, is that the word? It's an anarchic movement, which basically says, I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing. But what I do cannot cut across or interfere with what you do. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So how do you know when it cuts across or interferes? You know, how do you know how, what that is so as to avoid it? Well, there could be a collision could occur. You would see where the other person is going. Mm-hmm. So you see where the other person's going, and then mm-hmm. what happens? And then you steer accordingly within the, within the ring. So you can steer it where they're going, where the other way, or the other way, so, but not to go against where they're going, mm-hmm. but to go in harmony with, with the other motions. Mm-hmm. And it's in a sea area, and you're all steering your own boats. Is there an overall direction, or is it just a dance within a fixed sea area? It's almost, the, the image I have is almost like a, um, is it like an atoll? Um, like there's a ring of islands or coral reefs or whatever. So it's a defined area, mm-hmm. which can, it can be exited, but there is a defined, a loosely defined area. Um, and so it all occurs within, within that. Mm-hmm. And you don't go too far away from the, the other boats? No, you don't, you don't go outside the circle of mm-hmm. this defined area. Mm-hmm. But you could. Could, yes. But people choose not to. Mm-hmm. Mm. And is there a relationship between all of that and not being outcome focused? If there was an outcome focus, um, then everyone would be paying attention to the rules of what they're supposed to do rather than each other. Mm-hmm. And I know in working in organizations, that's a major problem that can happen where you get the sticklers for the rules and other people are trying to work with the reality of what's happening and conflict emerges quite readily with that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm very curious because um, Stephen Conneray and Andreas, for example, some of the people listening to this uh, podcast won't know who they are, but I know that they are a big deal in our shared world. How, given this kind of not outcome focused, emergent kind of approach to collaboration, how do you initiate a collaboration like that? Well, I was trying to think now how things have happened. Um, as, as odd as it may seem, Facebook has been phenomenal um, for connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously it enables up channels of communication that, that were there previously. With Stephen Conway, they we had been in contact via email over various various things, um, discussion points, and, uh, and various bits for quite some time um, mm-hmm. prior to when we ever met. Um, I'm just trying to think. With Lucas, I was aware of Lucas for several years before we'd ever met, primarily because other people kept saying his name to me. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know this guy? You should know this guy. Um, and I believe we met actually through Stephen Conway. Um, mm-hmm. We were at a, a, a collaboration. There, Steve, when it, Steve invited Lucas, myself, Nick, um, Danny Bolu. Who else was there? I think there was someone else there as well. Um, so we all we all did a a, a, collab- a collaborative presentation training. Mm, a presentation training. Well, we're, we're presenting. All oh, right. A presentation. Yeah. So everybody was invited, and, and you all just were doing your thing, as in Pretty the boat well. people. Yes. <laughs> yes, but not like refugees. Not those sort of boat people. <laughs> <laughs> So go on then, what kind of boat is... Ah, now, um, what, what I've got in, in my metaphor here, they're all different. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a completely different boat. They're not the same. Everyone's just brought their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so, yours like? Um, a little rowing boat. <laughs> 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 but uh, in, in, my, in my, my, my image here, what we have is everything from little cruise ships um, to sailboats. They're just all different. They're just lots of different things. Everyone's brought their own. But it doesn't matter what everyone else has. We just work with whatever we've got. Mm-hmm. And presumably some of them are more manoeuvrable than others. Yes. And do some are quicker than others. Yeah. And do you have any rules? So um, rules like steam, give, steam gives way to sail or any of those kind of things that have to do with speed and manoeuvrability? No, those, those are the rules that can actually cause problems. Mm-hmm. Um, because as soon as I, from, from my point of view, as soon as you put those rules into place, uh, you stifle the creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, we now have to start paying attention to how it's supposed to be, rather than paying attention to how it actually is. Right. Uh, and my experience of people is that's where the majority of people get into difficulties. Mm-hmm. They're not seeing what's really happening; they're only seeing what's supposed to be happening. Mm. So, what I suppose where my attention is is again at the beginning of this collaboration. So, how does it all get started? When when there are the boats, you know, how do the boats get to be in that area of sea? Right, I get it. Um, what happens is someone has to define the space, mm-hmm. and then and it, then those boats have to be invited in. So basically, this is where and when. So basically, there has to be a defined space and times and dates of when mm-hmm. to be there. Otherwise, someone could turn up and there's no one else there. Yeah. So someone has to do that. What kind of someone is that someone? Um... I would saw in my thing, it's probably someone who's outside of that circle mm. uh, who wants to see something emerge within it. Ah, so it's this, this someone isn't, isn't someone necessarily with a boat. No. It's someone that wants, wants but the they can, to But they can do should they, should they choose to or wish to. Mm-hmm. But they're not there uh, like the admiral of the fleet giving you flag signals. They're, no. They've just set the thing up, got the, got the boats into the space, yep. and they want to see what emerges. Yes. And then what happens? What, what's the, what, what are the first kind of uh, stirrings of this emerging dance? What, what does that look like? Well, it's fairly random to begin with, and then, then it starts to go into some orderly kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. So order starts to emerge from, from the motion. Mm-hmm. So it's like chaos theory. Basically, order starts to emerge from, from the initial chaos. Mm-hmm. So there is initial chaos. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there, and there are, there are a set of rules. I'm just thinking about now what, okay, are there any rules? The, the rules are one must also, must not, one's own, must not impose something that basically blocks or impedes another person's motion. Mm-hmm. So you don't, 
impose anything that impedes another person's motion. Yes. And that's the rule. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, are there any other rules? Yeah. One must contribute. Mm -hmm. One must move. Um, otherwise it's, it just leaves it to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Any other rules? Just, just to double check. No. I'm trying to think actually what, what comes up to me, there, there, there are several, several patterns. Um, one, the, the, the things from improv, improvisation mm -hmm. acting, there's a, there's a whole set of principles there, which basically are just guiding principles of how to be. And that's pretty much how I see this. Mm -hmm. um, for, for those with sort of a more esoteric bent, the, the word Thelema might mean something to some people, which is... Means nothing to me. How do you spell that? T-H-E-L-E-M-A. It's the old do what thou wilt um, mm. thing, which is basically you do your thing, I do my thing. We, we, you have a right to do what you do, mm -hmm. but then so does everybody else. Yeah. So you, you, you must do what you do, but also say must everybody else. But no one can actually cut across what somebody else does. Mm. So Thelema, you said, was the word. Yes. Where does that come from? That that's comes from one of the esoteric philosophies. Mm. Um, we could we could spend <laughs> talking about that. Um, if people want to know what I would suggest, they Google it. Um, so Google that word, then then they'll get it, will they? Yeah, there's there's a, there's an awful lot of stuff. A lot of people don't like the whole idea because they think, well, it's anarchy. It means you can do anything you want. Well, yeah, but at the same time, so does everybody else, and that's mm. the bit that everyone seems to forget. Who you know the critics of of that philosophy. Mm. And I think that's, there's, there's a lot of really interesting stuff here because some people listening to this will think, well, with collaboration, you can't have collaboration unless you have a shared outcome and a set of rules. Yes. And here you are saying, well, you don't need either of those things. I guess it depends Except on what the collaboration is. I guess it depends on the purpose of the collaboration. Mm. So if we're going to run a company, for example, um, mm. and the company is producing a product that then has to be marketed according to a very specific brand image, then things have to be very de definitive in how you get those people in the organization to do to achieve that result. Um, that's not an area that I would do very well in. Mm -hmm. That's just not, that doesn't, doesn't work for me. Mm. Um, but I can understand that in some, some context, that very defined rule outcome focused is absolutely essential. And you might want to stifle all creativity because you just want to have people who put the thing together within the time frame that they've been given. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're all going, oh, we're going to be creative and, and, and wax lyrical about all these things, nothing gets made. And, and there are lots and lots of organizations that adopt similar principles to the ones you've described where people yes. are expected to be empowered and, uh, Free thinking and figure out for themselves how to get stuff done. Yeah, I've I've been in those organisations as well in the past where there's empowerment training for the staff. <laughs> um, and of course, the question I always ask is empowered to do what? And it's the one question that the management training team very rarely actually think about. We just want you to feel empowered. Yeah, but what am I going to be able to do with it? Where, what is this empowerment enable? What decisions am I now in, entitled to make that I wasn't entitled to make before? Mm. Well, we don't really think about that. Yeah, but where, where organizations have thought about it, like Burtzorg in Holland, 
uh, who, who've done, have you come across them? Amazing. I, I, I'm not familiar, no. Uh, amazing organisation that in, in district nursing in Holland that is basically a self-organising system um, and has taken over sort of the bulk of district nursing contracts in Holland because they're so much better mm. than the traditionally box-ticking organisation. They're basically teams of up to 12 district nurses self-organising themselves in a particular Fantastic. town or village. So they're allowed to actually get on with the job the way they know best. Absolutely. And, and the whole organisation, even though it's absolutely enormous in terms of the amount of uh, customers, patients it, help, it works with, um, it's got like 20 people in its um, administrative headquarters. Fantastic. Um, Maybe the, I, I wonder if the British education system could uh, adopt something from that. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, the guy who set up Burtzorg, whose name has gone out of my head for the moment, did a talk at the RSA in London recently. And um, somebody asked exactly, well, she's, she asked, what about the education system in the UK and what about the NHS? <laughs> and he said he was Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to be said for it. <laughs> A, a non-self-organising principle of the education system, which is people who've never met the teacher and have never met the children di dictate the quality of the interaction that those human beings are supposed to have and never actually be present to witness the results. Fantastic. Yes, don't get started. So, <laughs> um, if people want to find out more about your stuff, where can they find mm. you? Well, the probably the best place at the moment, primarily because it's all the things I'm trying to promote, um, is on my Metaphors of Movement website, mm -hmm. um, which is ever so easy to find. It's metaphorsofmovement.com, um, and all of my new stuff is up there. Um, the other the other stuff people might want to look at is the Integral Eye Movement Therapy, um, which is integraleyemovementtherapy.com. Um, there's lots of courses and all sorts of interesting things people can find on there. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. And, and you, uh, thank you very much. Cheers.